Hello and welcome to Viva Pod Vegas. Uh, thank you very much for listening. This is episode seven, Wild in the Country of 1961. I'm Joey Lewandowski. And I'm Mike Manzi. And Mike, so a couple episodes ago, our first episode back from the pandemic, you called G.I. Blues Sex Bet, right? Right. I have an idea for a title for this movie. Okay. Do you have any idea what it could be? We didn't talk about this. I don't mean to put you on the spot. 10 seconds into the so podcast. It, well, I mean, is it, a, is it a play on the title at all? It's not a play on the title, they... but it's a thing that they say in the thing that I think is a very appropriate... Oh. In a couple different ways. Uh, oh, wait. Isn't the term cradle robbing in this movie? No, it's, it's, <laughs> no but I'm going to call... I'm calling it the third road. Oh. Because he's like, at one yes. point in, the, in this, he's like, you know, I got two roads, I got these two girls, and then she goes, I think there's a third road. I'm like, me? And she's like, no, college. And I'm like, oh, okay. But then it's kind of her, and then it also is kind of college. So I think the third road. Mm, I like that more. Could be a very, you know, Wild and Country's a terrible name. Yeah, because I thought it was going to be another Western. I, I'm still not entirely sure if this takes place when this movie was made, but uh, it's more modern than I was definitely expecting. And uh, but it certainly is wild. I'm just not sure about the country part. Yeah, it, unclear. And we will talk about uh, our guesses for this because we were wildly off. <laughs> I can't imagine. This is like, I, there's no one could have predicted this. And I, I, it would, I would have predicted the movie old before I predicted this. Elvis as a writer is a fascinating thing. Yes. I kind of, um, what was it giving me vibes with that Keanu Kerouac movie we watched where it's like just sort of. Why are the these... last time I committed suicide? Is that but, that? but it's just like the idea of like who are these like bad boy writers? Oh, you yeah. know, like the yeah. kind of guys that'll like beat your ass half to death, but then go like the most beautiful poetry ever. It's so weird. True. So, Mike, what is? Or I guess I should probably do it because it's my introduction. While in the country, he Elvis clocks his brother. The movie starts with Elvis getting his ass kicked. It's like. Right out of the gate, you hear like uh, like a rooster. Yep. You see a barn, and then it's Elvis getting his ass kicked. And we'll go we'll go more in depth in a, in a mo- in a moment. But he's getting his ass kicked, and he gets like basically run out of town. But he he because he knocks a chair over the head of the guy. He does. It's like a wrestling match. You know, he picks up the stool. He like he thinks he killed the guy, so he just goes running off into the country. Right. And he's a religious man, which helps him get parole, and he gets sent to live with his uncle Rolf. Yes. He then starts working for his uncle Rolf, and then is trying. He's torn between a couple different lives, which means a couple different women, right. and he's sort of a reformed bad boy or whatever. And then eventually becomes a writer of sort of not of note, but like a promising young writer. Yes, and then is eventually convinced to go to college, but that's not before he murders. Man- manslaughter. He conairs. Kills. He conairs him. He does conair him. I was exactly thinking that. The town bully, kind of, just like this, like mean yeah. guy, like a rich prep kid, and he then gets acquitted because the guy had a bad heart. Which okay, and uh, then he goes to college, and that's that's basically the movie. There's that's broad strokes. Yeah, he did a great job there. I was very refreshed because I thought on the last episode that we did, mm-hmm. which was Flaming Star. Yeah, I can't get that song out of my head. Flaming Star. <laughs> I thought that was the last dramatic Elvis. Yeah, I didn't think we had any more. And I'm like, four songs? And including one over the title credits? So, okay. So, a little cool. a little behind the scenes of what happened this week. I wasn't going to bring it up, but I'm glad you Let's bring it up. up. Why not? There's Go not, for it. you know, we might as well. I've watched Blue Hawaii. <laughs> because last episode, I was like, all right, we're going to guess Blue Hawaii. That's our next movie. And then it wasn't our next movie. So maybe that was somewhere in your brain that we did yeah. Blue Hawaii. Yeah. So I watched Blue Hawaii. I got in touch with Joey. And then I, I watched this movie. And I will also say that on Friday, it's Sunday right now, on Friday, I messaged Mike, because we're talking, and I messaged Mike, 
wild in the country. And I see that you like your little Facebook Messenger thing. It's see the message. It doesn't mean that you necessarily process the message, right, but right, you right. saw the message. And then yesterday you're like, <laughs> hey, what time tomorrow? And I'm like, you're like, wait a minute, wild in the country? I was like, yeah, man. Yeah, I was I was very confused uh, to say the least, but that's kind of neither here or there. What, what I'm getting to is like I watched Blue Hawaii before this, right? Yeah. And it's the other kind of Elvis movie, like GI Blues, where right. it's just like a song every five minutes. Yeah. And I was in heaven, okay. And I was like, oh, I can't wait to talk about this. Like, there's more than there's those wow. two because there's two different Elvis movies, you know. And I was so glad I didn't have to watch like a heavy dramatic one you know because we kind of say there's like oh so not only did you do double the work but then you got hit in the back of the head yes like uh, okay yeah so i experienced both sides of my elvis coin last night and you know i but uh, so i was angry that there's only four songs that one of them didn't even have musical accompaniment and that they're just like scattered very far apart from each other um but you know after that i kind of was able to settle into the the craziness of this movie this movie is I don't want to keep saying wild because it's in the title of the movie, the but like a lot goes on in this movie and I was pretty pleased with dramatic Elvis. It wasn't as bad as I was expecting. So I, I don't want to say that I'm not looking forward to musical Elvis because that's the whole point of what he is and what we're doing, I think. But I yeah. do like the, because we talked about, and we'll talk about here, like the forced songs and whatever, and just like, oh, we, you know, I'm rewatching the Friday, the, or watching slash rewatching the Friday the 13th movies. And like, there are certain mandates in those, in that franchise where like, Every five minutes, you need to show nudity and you need to have a kill. And it's just like, this is dumb. Like, this is too much. And that feels like, to a certain extent, what these Elvis movies are. It's like, oh, there's been eight minutes with no song? Slap a guitar on his back or whatever, (laughs) right? So that's a little frustrating. So I think I was expecting that. Mm. And to not get that, I was like, oh, okay. But now I truly think the next 24 movies are just all musicals. Uh, Yeah, I think they're there. Yeah. So I guess it was nice to go and do this before having to go back and just having all that like i got one last dose and plus yeah. you can relax next time when when we do actually do blue hawaii you can be like right. i've already seen this one yeah i got my notes i got all i got that all down and i mean that's not to say that it's like an amazing movie we'll get to it and everything but i was just happy it was that type of sure. elvis movie because so. that is one of the elvis movies i think right okay based on a name alone i think and also maybe based on like you know because we did like the, the number of people have seen an imdb and letterbox and like of all the movies we've covered so far Blue Hawaii dwarfs them all. Like, it just, wow. it's the most popular of the eight. You know, we'll get to that next episode. But, okay. so this one, Wild and Country, two oh two things up front. Number one, mixed reviews from critics, which mm-hmm. is understandable, because they're saying the dramatic story is kind of underwhelming, and if you're looking hmm. for an Elvis movie, it's not an Elvis movie. Yeah. So, like, you can kind of see, or maybe it's like, people who want a dramatic story don't want Elvis in the lead, and people right. who want an Elvis movie don't want this kind of story. And so, like, yeah. nobody's really happy. This is also the only Elvis movie that ever lost money. Really? Every hmm. movie was financially successful. This yeah. one so didn't. Th- so, there's a, there's a couple bullet points that we need to like address along the way but like some things you kind of left out of the plot summary the one thing that i was kind of like oh man i'm not really into this until this one moment happened like he goes to a therapist yeah. in 1961 yes. and it's like elvis in therapy is this like pre-sopranos kind of like yeah. tough man getting through to his feelings and talking about his mother i was like he's talking about his mother dr speary uh these ducks i don't know <laughs> um uh, so like that was very interesting and that like I don't know 
that like got me engaged and i was like oh people are going to probably be pissed off about that during the time going to see an elvis movie and now he's like talking about therapy and divorce and all this kind of thing it sort of feels like he's trying to appeal to a different type of woman who's like i want a more sensitive elvis like well he's already mm. no sensitive but just like he's introspective now and he's a writer and he's going to therapy it's just like this is fascinating yeah so that was crazy and then you know we don't have to dwell too hard on it but there's a lot of incest in this movie oh yeah we'll, we'll get there <laughs> And it's like, you don't want to go... I mean, I know he does a movie called Kissing Cousins. Um, Different but, time, man, I guess. But, like, give me a We'll break. get there. So before we get there, okay, so the taglines for this movie, my favorite thing each week. Oh, sweet. Each episode, not each week, because we do these very infrequently. Three taglines. And what's nice about these is that two of them have notations on IMDb about the capital letters. Because you know how sometimes it's like all capital letters or whatever? Okay. So this one, capital letters, Elvis Presley, lowercase, Sings of Love 2, capital letters, Hope Lang, Tuesday Weld, Millie Perkins. Oh. Original ad, mostly caps, is the note. So it's just like Elvis <laughs> sings love songs to three women. That's the movie? That's the tagline. That's not the movie. <laughs> then, the other original ad, several caps, Singing Man, all capital letters, lowercase, giving his heart to, capital letters, Hope Lang, Tuesday Weld, Millie Perkins. <laughs> so again, it's like... We're going to sell this Elvis movie by not putting his name in it. We're just going to call him Singing Man. There's, they're selling it for by um, they're selling the the women, right? Yeah, like they're yeah. putting that ahead. They're trying to. I guess that's that's the ticket. True. And then there's a third tagline, just normal. Oh, it's terrible. <laughs> All about young people and their growing pains. What the hell? Don't know. I mean, it was 1961. I try and like put my head there, and it's like. I immediately go to Back to the Future because that's 1955, right? And so, like, I try to go from there forward or backwards in times when I'm trying to, like, place myself, you know, in these movies or yeah. at these time frames and things as, like, reference points and stuff. But then I remind myself, oh, that's just a movie, too. But you also, like, you go to Mad Men, which is not that – that's not set there that we much go. after this. And, like, there's actual advertising being done and actual, like, creative campaigns and not just – all about young people and their growing pains. It's like, yeah. that's not what a movie is. You think, like, Elvis's marketing would be so tight and so well-controlled and, yeah, like, Carl so would cutting like, edge? Fix things, yeah. Right, but, like, apparently it's all cutting corners. Well, you, I guess in retrospect, it's no wonder why this movie lost money, because people are like, I don't want to see that movie. Yeah. I don't know what that movie's about. It's, imagine going to see that movie and Elvis shows up in the first frame getting his ass kicked, and you're, singing, like, man. and you're like, what? <laughs> yeah. We'll get we'll get to the, the uh, detailed beat by beat in a second, but there are four songs. Mm. Theme song "Wild and Country" yeah. plays over the opening credits and over the closing credits. Right, the reprise. We get "I Slipped, I Stumbled, I Fell," which is when he's in the car on his way into town for his date. And he's singing. He's like winning over. Well, he's trying to explain like it's okay for him to be promiscuous. <laughs> you know, he's like, "Look, baby, it's just the way I slipped and I stumbled and I'm back." And it's like I might slip again, but she's into it. Yeah, that's the high school sweetheart, right? Yes, yeah, Betty okay. Lee, I think. Yeah. Then there's In My Way, which is him on, he gets, he's working for Uncle Rolf doing like moonshining well, kind there, of, like there's, homebrew liquor. Yeah, I, it's it's like Miracle Tonic. It's like yeah. he's a shyster. He's like selling grandpa's elixir out of his basement and stuff, but it's all like pure grain alcohol with right. different coloring and things. Yes. And so he, after work one day, goes upstairs and Nori, his cousin, is like sitting on the stoop with her guitar and he sings In My Way, which is also kind of funny that he's like trying to go upstairs and she's literally in his way. <laughs> also, you know, metaphorically in his way, whatever. And then there's Husky Dusky Day, which is like 45 minutes after the last one. 
And that's where he's singing in the car with Mrs. Speary before it starts raining. Yeah. So two of the four songs, one of which just plays over the credits. So in yeah. the movie, there's three songs. Two of them, he's just singing in a car along with the radio. And I'm yeah. like... I was bummed. In term, but in terms of the forced songs, I don't want to give this a 10, but I don't think we're ever going to have a more natural how why Elvis is singing in a movie. Yeah, I, I get that. Like, Because it's not you, like you, there's you, a birthday party and she's like, hey, Elvis, you want to sing? It's like, well, that's not even that. It's just she's got a guitar or they're in the car. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like, oh. I mean, it's it's still a little, but well, like... Well, it's kind of like the... And the thing with her with the guitar is like there was history there like there is in previous movies where it's yes. like, oh, you used to play the guitar and like, why don't you play a song like that? And your so mom that works. taught us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they there's a lot with that guitar later. And then, you know, everyone sings in the car, right? Like sometimes even if there's no music on or <laughs> whatever. So like, yeah, I, I mean, I hate to do it too, but you can't argue. Yeah. So I think we'll get to... We'll do the, the games and stuff at the, you know, at the end. But uh, I was very pleasantly surprised by how organic it all felt because yeah. you know Elvis has to sing they also didn't do a soundtrack for this movie they well, never that released a soundtrack I mean, they released a couple of these songs as B-sides so what, let me get to the trivia what you would do is release the score with the songs on like side B or something like that I'll get there in a second. I just have a bunch of, uh, not a bunch of trivia, some trivia. So it's based on a novel by this guy, J.R. Salamanca. Right. Uh, Jerry Wald bought the screen rights of the novel before the book was even published. Okay. He had ideas for different people to play the lead, but then eventually he approached this guy, Philip Dunn, who directed this, to make the movie. And then Jerry Wald, and this is again the wiki, I don't know exactly what happens. He's like, no, I always meant to cast Elvis in the lead. Oh, yeah, that's what you have to say, right? Like, right. It was always my idea to get Elvis. <laughs> Elvis had an off-screen romance with Hollywood quote-unquote bad girl Tuesday Weld. You're kidding. So that's his cousin in this movie. Yes, 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 yes. But the relationship was short-lived after Colonel Tom Parker warned him against involvement, fearful it would harm his image. Was he not with married to Priscilla? I don't know. I mean, I don't know a lot about his personal history. I watched an episode of The X-Files that Mimi Rogers was in, and I'm just like, oh, this woman Mimi Rogers. Like, yeah, Tom Cruise's former wife. I'm like, Oh, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm so out of the, the one loop. The one that got him into Scientology. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I'm so out of the loop in terms of, like, the way that we do these podcasts. And I'm just like, mm-hmm. oh, I, I'm seeing Mimi Rogers. I'm like, oh, she's in these other things. They're like, yeah, it's also Tom Cruise's first wife. It's just like, oh, right. But it, it's that's a whole other show, you know, getting into their, like, personal Yes, exactly. I mean, Which is, like, so I have no idea what's going on. But, okay, Tuesday is super pretty in this. Yeah. yeah. I, I recognize the name. I have not seen her in a lot of stuff. So then... Elvis and Hope Lang, who plays his therapist, also were quite taken with each other, but mm. her separation from her husband did not result in a divorce until the next summer, so she was unavailable for a serious relationship. And she was also apparently in a relationship with Glenn Ford. Okay. I, yeah, that just means everyone's attracted to Elvis. Yeah, which, you know. <laughs> RCA, this is what I was saying before, this is why I started doing the trivia. So RCA did not do either an LP or an EP. The Colonel promised to help with assisting by putting these songs out as B-sides. So they wrote and he performed a scene, a song called Lonely Man in a scene that got cut. But Mm. that was released as a B-side on Elvis's hit Surrender. Okay. Then the title track, Wild in the Country, was a B-side on I Feel So Bad. And both of those B-sides made the Billboard Hot 100 even independent of their A-sides. Wow, yeah. I mean, Wild in the Country should have been an A-side and then just put the other song from the movie on the B-side. You would think. And then the songs In My Way, which is the song he sings with Nori, and Forget Me Never, which I think was maybe another one that was cut, possibly. Okay. 
were included on a compilation album while I Slipped, I Stumbled, I Fell was on the, his album Something for Everybody. So, like, there's no, like, you can't go out and buy, like, a Wild in the Country EP, but, like, to collect the songs, they're out there in okay. some regard. Put a playlist together. Yeah. Nice. Hope Lang, you know, his therapist is, like, this older, wiser woman. She's a year older than Elvis. She's 13 months old. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That's hilarious because they, like, make her out to be some cougar or something like yeah. that, you know? But no. And I was joking earlier, but I do believe, like, robbing the cradle is mentioned in this movie or something like that, right? I mean, there's a line where it says something to the effect of that. I'm trying to find it. But. Yeah. So let's talk about the movie. So Elvis plays Glenn Tyler, which is not necessarily a name I would pick for him, but also not not, maybe? I mean, he kind of, he can make a Glenn, he can make a Glenn work. Yeah. You know, Elvis has this kind of look where I buy him being from kind of anywhere in the world in a weird way. Like, I mean, I don't want to bring too much Blue Hawaii up, but like I did, you know, it is like in the front of my brain. But I was like, I would buy it if like you told me Elvis was Hawaiian or something like that. Like in that, like, it's weird. Like in this movie, he looks like wherever they are from, like Glenn, he looks like a Glenn. That's fine. He's the Vin Diesel where he's like, he's multiracial or multifacial, I guess is his multifacial. He's ethnically ambiguous and not in in a way that like, remember, he's like, oh, he can, he can play half Kiowa. Right. He can play Latin. He can do whatever because it's like, especially if it's in black and white, which this isn't, but like, you know what I mean? But like, so yeah. I wonder if he'll ever play Elvis in a movie. Like, that would be funny. I don't know if, if they, Elvis if plays they, Elvis. If, yeah, like if it's just like, El, but like a fictionalized, like wacky adventure, like get Elvis to the Greek. I don't know. <laughs> Ooh, I'm not gonna look it up because I want to. I want to be surprised if that actually happens. Uh, but like we said, so the movie begins with Elvis getting the piss beat out of him, but he fights back and wins. And I thought he killed the guy. So did I. Yeah. But later we find out that he just hurt him, and we the brother shows up at the end, and he's a real asshole. But I was just like, did, he, did this movie start with Elvis getting beat up and then killing a man? No. What a bookend to an Elvis movie, too, where it's like he almost kills a guy at the beginning of the movie, and then he does kill a guy at the end of the movie, and it's all with fighting. <laughs> and he gets in more trouble for almost killing a guy than for actually killing a guy. Yeah, I know. It's insane. Well, they know him by then. You know what I'm saying? He's sort of, in a weird way, uh, his reputation was a little bit repaired. There's a tragedy we'll get to that is in, that just happens out of nowhere at one point right before that. But uh, here, do were you... Okay, so I it was very jarring because... We find out that that little fight and him running away was sort of like a flashback of his parole hearing. Like we cut to him like in the river and then we cut to him sitting in like a courtroom with a bunch of people and a confederate like, like flag. Around a table. Yeah. yeah. It's not like a court. It's like a courtroom, but they're not using it as a courtroom. They're using it as like an office. Right. 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 And they're, and they're discussing like, what are we going to do with this guy? Yeah. But they're discussing like what we just saw pretty yeah. much. And I was like, well, it took me an extra minute to figure out what was happening. You know, I was like. Oh, they're not going to, there's none of this about hunting down Elvis, like on the run or any of that kind of stuff. Yeah. It's like, it's, it's a flashback and jump forward in time that is not immediately apparent that that's what's happening. Yeah. Because it seems like, oh, the movie, he's, he's going to be on the run and he's going to be wild in the country because he's on the lam. Mm -hmm. Nope. No, not at all. Fake out. And not a bad fake out, but not a good fake out either. Just like a, oh, oh, okay. And everyone's talking about like Elvis's future and he's sitting there with his arms crossed. Yeah. Like looking the other way. I think he is caught, I mean, he's caught between a few worlds in the women in his life, but I, I don't know that he, because he talks about, right? Like, there's, 
there's family history here that he had to take care of his mom or he was worried about his mom because his like dad and his brother like overworked the mom and he couldn't do the work for some reason and then he like went to high school late because he was helping out with the family yeah fifth year senior yeah and he was a head taller than everybody and he wanted to be a writer but people like you can't be a writer and like it just seems like life is said you can't have the life you want right yeah everyone's dragging him down and he's kind of a bad boy because he's frustrated with the world. Very right? frustrated, very angry. I got a real kick out of when the lady asked if he read comic books. Um, All right. Because this is so, because I, I always have to like remind myself when this is, but in 1954, there was a book called Seduction of the Innocent by Frederick Wertheim. And he basically wrote that comic books are a literary form um, can cause juvenile delinquency, like severe juvenile delinquency, you know? Okay. So, like, that was when everyone had to go testify, and, like, they slapped on, like, the code started so be like, approaching up, and EC Comics bit the dust, and, like, okay. all that kind of stuff is happening. So, like, by 1961, it's like, comic books are porn. <laughs> okay. So, it, and when did that undo? Um, it was like a gradual thing, but maybe towards the end of the 60s, early 70s. But like, there was like a decade 80s, of just it was like... More so, more than that. I mean, up until the that's 80s. That's during the Marvel heyday, right? Oh, yeah. Like, Marvel wasn't even and I guess the, really around. D- They're still timely. Because DC's been around for, like, the detec- like detective comics are in, like, the 30s, like, right? Yeah, yeah. And Marvel was timely comics before that. But, okay. like, you would still see the code printed on books in the 80s, but they wouldn't have to, like, gotcha. agree to it or anything. Gotcha. They could do their own thing. Okay. Let's talk about the situation where he enters because <laughs> it's with his uncle and his cousin. Yeah. And who's the baby? Her baby. Okay. she got knocked up out of like out of some, some guy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And they're pretending she's married. He like bought her a ring. The uncle bought her a so ring to, to the wear. World, she's married. And the guy's like at war maybe. Okay. Because there's, there's another sort of fake marriage, not fake marriage, but Mrs. Speary's like, Oh, call me Mrs. Speary. He's like, oh, I'm sorry. I didn't mean, I, I didn't know. Uh-huh. And then she's like, oh, yeah, my husband died. And it's like, whoa, okay. So there's yeah. two, like, fake marriages in this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I am so confused with what is going on because, like, I mean, it's not confusing. I'm just confused as to why, like, this is happening. But Elvis's uncle is, like, letting him stay in his basement yep. and work on his, like, shyster tonic stuff and sell his booze. And he's trying to get Elvis to get with his daughter, yes. which is Elvis's cousin. Well, so, okay. So I think I think I understand the idea here. I think. I don't know. And we're okay. going to talk this out. Okay. So Elvis... He's a good boy, a religious man, mm-hmm. but life has been like, you can't have the life you want. Yeah. He's got a, he's dealt kind of a bum hand of a family, it seems like. Mm-hmm. seemed like he loved his mother because, of course, Elvis loved his mother, but that she died, right? And so yeah. his dad and his brother both seem like assholes. Right. He's got a lot of anger issues there. So the uncle, I think, is like the other family relative that could theoretically take him in because it's just mm-hmm. like, hey, we need you to have a job and be like in a stable environment. Yeah. So the el- the uncle, I think, and this is just a guess because they don't really explain it, I think is like cheap labor, make a respectable woman of my daughter, mm-hmm. give my grandchild a father figure. Mm-hmm. That's all I got. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I see his logic. I just, it's... Such a different era. Because there's it, also, th- there, there's a weird wrinkle where the uncle is like feigning religion. 
because he like says grace and oh, it's yeah. clear that they don't say grace because the daughter because nori's like eating and she's like oh yeah 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 and elvis is like that's not exactly a prayer but I, don't, she, I don't know like is that just to, to make he to make it seem to elvis like their family is normal uh, or or just godly, right? Like, see, like we could be like you if you could be like us, kind of thing. It, it's weird because there's a lot of comments that I couldn't pick up on because I didn't get the reference to Elvis's cousin with the baby without the husband. Like later, people are gonna like tell Elvis to be like, say hi to your cousin and like call her a name. And I was like, what does that mean? And it's like, right. oh, it means that she has this kid out of wedlock or whatever. I don't know. Like, I think this is. Probably more common back in the day when, like, times were tougher and families were different sure. and, like, America was still, the world was just still expanding more. And, like, I guess you just sometimes you have to marry your cousin. I don't know. I guess if there's no better man around. But there's always a better choice than someone you're related to. I don't right? know. I don't think this is necessarily. I wonder. I'm not going to. I'm uh, not going to Google this. But I wonder <laughs> when marrying your cousin got looked down upon because it feels right. like it's because maybe there's not a, open, but it's not bad because it's still there in in movies and stuff by Godfather Three. Okay, it's a big thing in Godfather Three, and it's like. The Godfather's like, you can't, if you want to be the next Godfather, stop fucking your cousin. <laughs> He's like, you can't do that. It's not, it's not anymore, at least, he says, you know? Uh, so it's, yeah, it's like this social fucking thing that, that I was just so oblivious to my entire life because it's gross. But Andy Garcia and Sofia Coppola are a handsome couple. So, I mean, I get it, <laughs> right? Well, I mean, Coppola expressed how, like, in his family, there's sort of history of that it's too probably, yeah and i don't this is not meant as a condemnation probably different in different countries and like you know in, in italy might be different but yeah. also here uncle rolf he's given no ethnicity he's just like a white dude he's this like is, a, he's just like a huckster this is this this is the deep south i don't mean to where does this take place some confederate place where confederate they hang flag, the confederate yeah. flag so like i don't want to also like you know be a be a bigot or whatever and say like because it's the deep south you marry your cousin and stuff but i mean like that did become sort of like a stereotype like you know i don't know so elvis then goes to therapy i guess yeah to corral his anger issues maybe or just to like help him out give him guidance to so give him someone to talk to you know and uh try and like figure out everything that's going on in his head right and what I love, so there's a couple scenes in the office that I love. There's one later where she's reading the second version of a screenplay, and he just keeps like bumbling. He just like it's like a slapstick routine where she's like tripping over things and knocking into things. She's like shh. But here, like one of the first lines he says in therapy is, "This routine of yours would stagger a billy goat." And I don't exactly know what that okay. means, but I do love it. I mean, okay. I know the billy goats can like you know stand on like you know sideways on mountains or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's just like <laughs> that's a that's a great phrase. That that uh, that caught my attention as well. And he, this is where he confesses, where I think we, we finally realize that the, the brother's not dead, because he says, and also that is his brother, because it's just mm-hmm. like, we don't necessarily know for sure, sh- maybe they say it in the in the courtroom, but he says, I tried to kill him, I've got the mark of Cain on me, ma'am. So, like, he knows he was yeah. trying to kill his brother. Uh, he also knows his Bible, like, he was quoting yeah. it, like, at his parole hearing without even looking at it or anything. But there's a lot of info in this, like, this is a real therapy session, like, he talked, this is when he talks about his mom being worked to death, yes. and his brother and dad just, like, drinking all the time, and he's like, I, I-, I dreamed of fame and money and, like, being somebody. And this is like a three or four minute monologue from Elvis, like, this is like a yeah. heavy lift for a guy that we have not seen do a lot of drama. Yes. And I yeah. think he does a pretty good job. Oh, yeah, like, I will uh, go to my grave saying, I think... 
I think Elvis can hold it. I think Elvis can hold his own as an actor, yeah. you know? Like, certainly he's got a range, and I, I think, like, this might be the peak of it, but this is, he's he's doing this really well. I think just as good as anybody could have done it. Yeah. So then we get to, you know, there's Elvis, where Nori kind of sees him in, like, the Downton Abbey as, like, the upstairs people and the downstairs people. Like, she thinks she's above him, even though societally she's an outcast. I think she's maybe angry or whatever. She's always liked Elvis and trying not to admit it. Mm-hmm. But she's, like, way not into, because the uncle's like, he's a good man. Like, don't you see what I'm trying to do here? And she's like, I don't want that, even though she very much wants that. Yeah, I mean, it takes her, like, a couple months and, and, like, a few bottles of booze, but, like, they both end up sort of <laughs> coming around to each yes. other. But um, I they're, both, they're both, like, nicking liquor from the uncle, right? But I th- also do think that it was sort of sprung on her as much as him. Like, that that kind of is what I got the sense of. Like, she wasn't expecting to get hooked up with Elvis. Sure. But, hey, he's there. He's there. When in Rome, <laughs> when in the country. So, okay. Uh-huh. I want to talk about Betty Lee, because Betty Lee, I guess, is like the high school sweetheart. Yeah. She just disappears at some point, right? She's in the courtroom at the end, but yeah, she pretty much vanishes at one point. Because I think the issue, the biggest issue that I have with this movie, and I don't really have issues, because again, like, it's just, you know, it's not a movie that I'm, like, I'm probably going to forget what this is, because yeah. I forget what most of these movies are. Like, other than, like, King Creole, which I will never forget, because I think that, like, is <laughs> hand, hands down the best movie he's done. Yeah. And, like, G.I. Blues, because I know, because Sex Bet, just because that's in my brain. <laughs> Sorry. I'm probably not going to remember this. No, 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 that's a good thing. It's helping me remember it. <laughs> but, like, I'm not going to remember this one, and I feel like the issue that I have with this and why it, like, doesn't come together better is I think there's too many characters. Oh, there's there's way too many characters and way too much happens. Like, they, they are sort of like hedging their bets or something or like putting hats on hats on hats at times where it's like you don't need three girls you just need two girls like a triangle is fine you don't need the the third whatever you know and then also like introducing sort of plot points too late or like too many relatives and things i think this movie has a lot of that happening i think if there was just more of him going to therapy and you can even make I, I like that the therapist is a woman, yeah. but you could even make the therapist a guy so that we don't have to think about Elvis and sex when he's trying to deal with his feelings. But it's kind of nice how he's like, I don't know, there's this maybe he's opening up more because yes. it's like this motherly thing going on. But then it, I mean, it's weirder when he starts to have feelings for his therapist. And it's like, well, I thought of her more as like this surrogate mother. Now Elvis wants to like marry her marry her in my yeah. head i'm like going i'm spinning around too much but i, I just think that there's more than there needs to be like they, they, they might not have been so sure of themselves and i think there's like clones of people like there's because betty mm. lee because like he doesn't i guess he needs to have i guess in an elvis movie he can't just like come into town single because like why would he be single like he like i feel like they almost like well he needs a girlfriend and like he needs to find the nori or whatever so i kind of get that but also like she doesn't need to be there. And I feel like there's, like, the same role that his brother plays is also the same role that, like, Cliff Macy plays. Oh, yeah, yeah. And it's just, like, they're just kind of antagonists. But, like, neither of them are, like, fleshed out enough. Like, I think there's a way that you could rewrite it to combine, condense, and not, like, change the story. I mean, if, mm-hmm. you, want, if you want to simplify, that's a different thing. But I think you could, like, just combine characters and be like, no, they're all, like, it's this or whatever. Or, like... The therapist is also the right, I don't know, instead, yeah. instead of being a... It could be interesting even if you just remove Betty Lee, then you have him fall in love with the therapist as sort of like the good woman. And then like he's Nori. got, yeah, his cousin as like the bad woman right. or whatever. And that would be enough. And then that would be a more interesting dynamic to see they could spend time on and he could sing more. 
Because there's also, like, there's, like, the weird backstory where, like, Cliff is jealous of Elvis for dating Betty Lee. And, like, even framed him for crimes of, like, stealing a car or something. It's just, like, yeah, a lot does this have anything to do with anything? Yeah, a lot of, like, little minutia kind of thing thrown in there. I get, yeah, I hear what you're saying. And it's a very long movie, too. It's, like, two hours. an hour 54, and that's, like, you know, up to the end. There's no, like, there's, and the opening credits are not very long. Like, it's not like there's, like, a three or four or five or six minute thing. It's just kind of, like, we're into the movie, basically, right? So... Yeah, jarringly. Yeah. So then there's also the added wrinkle that Mrs. Speary is, I guess, this eligible bachelorette or whatever. And then Cliff's dad, Mr. Macy, who's just like one of the town leaders or something. He's on the parole board. Yeah. Yeah. Wants to marry her. Yeah. Which I guess is only there to add a rival to Elvis. This is insane, Joey. But there doesn't need to be a rival for Elvis because she can just be like, this is inappropriate. I'm your therapist. Yeah. She doesn't need to be married. She could just be like, I'm not over my husband. There doesn't need to be Mr. Macy. What is happening? Because that's kind of what ends up happening in a way. Anyway, she's just like, you know, we'll never work out. But this guy, okay. so And they end the movie as friends, which is great. Like, that's great that Elvis has like an older woman friend well she never she doesn't survive the movie no she does oh that's right she does survive she does. i forgot she survived the movie not in the original ending oh okay yeah it doesn't seem like she should have survived the movie we'll get there in a minute but like this guy is like because he's introducing a whole other swarm of themes about the 60s i feel that like don't really need to be in this movie we could just deal with like people starting to go to therapy but he's like i will divorce my wife yeah. to be with you, which implies that like this other whole thing going on with her being single and available that that she may have been divorced as well. But we come to find out her husband's dead. Yeah. She's a widow. Yeah. So there's all this crazy married marriage social like figuring out this maze of marriage. I'm like, what? Why is this here? Why is it? What I do love about that though, because it is too complicated, is that she's like, this isn't fair to me. I can't make the decision for you to divorce you to divorce your wife. Great scene. If you do that, cool. But you have to make the decision. I'm not going to do that. And he's just like, whoa, 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 whoa. He's like, a man make a decision. Because <laughs> like, she is. She does that several times in the movie. She's the best character in the movie by a mile. Yeah, because she does that to Elvis too. When Elvis is like, you know, I, I love, I'm, I'm all over you. I love you very much. I yeah. love you very much. Yeah. <laughs> and she's like, look, like you're too, you're too young. Even though we're only an age, a, a year apart. You're too young, this and that, like all this life experience and all that. You you should go out. I don't want to tether you. Like you should go out into the world and be a writer. And he's like, oh, I don't care about that. (laughs) But it's cool how she's like, you know, we might want this, but it's not what we you know need. So then he goes back, or he's after work, or whatever. This is when he sings with Nori on the steps, and this is where we learn that Elvis's mother taught them both how to play with her quote old Mexican guitar. Right? They gave Mm -hmm. she gave both of them lessons, and then. She's like, I need to get out of this town. I don't like this life. And his advice, do you remember his advice? Paint your toenails red and run away. <laughs> Not really good advice. You're a mother. Like, it's just, Elvis, what are we doing here? But, yeah, I was surprised at the end when he's like, don't forget the baby. I was like, oh, right. Like, yeah. But then she's like, how about we steal my dad's money and we run away? And it's like, where that? I mean, then it's like, well, okay, I, I, I see what's going on here. I, I'm having trouble with like the passage of time in this movie because like I feel like it's been he's been there for a while before she sort of comes around to him or, or notices him or something like that. And I think later on we get the mention of like a couple weeks or months have passed or something like that. But um, otherwise, it does seem like one day she hates him, and the next day she like really. I think wants she's. Him. I think she's always loved him, and she's just trying to 
hide that. I don't know why, because her dad wants, like, it's not like she's hiding in the fact from her dad, because her dad's like, yes, like, this is, nothing would make me happier than if you married your cousin, and she wants to marry the cousin, and Elvis seems down, so I don't know why she's hiding it, other than maybe she just is angry that, the t- like, the town hates her already, and this might make things worse. I don't know, man. I just really wished, like, the whole movie, she wasn't related to him, because they make a good couple and I was getting like almost wild at heart vibes between them because you know I always feel like Cage is bringing a bit of Elvis to Elvis him. Elvis is sort that. of a sailor character. But also the beginning of the movie of this movie is very similar to the beginning of that movie where he he beats a man beats a man like near death and, and stuff and it opens with a fight and every like I was getting sort of like oh they could have been like this sort of proto version of like Mickey and Mallory or something where they're like you know, this woman with a no husband but a kid and Elvis a juvenile delinquent. Yeah. Man, I just watched I just rewatched Wild at Heart and it's so goddamn good. <laughs> so they almost kiss on the steps. Like they're very close. And then yes. just a guy's like, Hey, I want to buy liquor. But it's like a dude we don't know. It's just like another guy from town. Well, he's part of like the the rich kid crew. Right. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. like why is that not Cliff? I, I thought they were the same guy, like but this guy's called Almost Dace. Insane. It's yeah. just a name that I've never heard before. Because these also, also these movies, I'm like, I need to watch these with subtitles because like I I need to yeah, follow, actually the, follow what's going on. I put the subtitles on as well. Yeah, but it's funny how like whenever the bar is closed, people come around to his uncle's to get his hooch. Yeah, <laughs> and this is when we learn that she's quote unquote married, right? But like not actually married. But I think this is when Elvis is like, oh, you're wait, you're married? Like I'm in here for a while. I'm like I haven't seen or heard of a dude. Yeah. So only heard about him. And then they mentioned like, oh, when's your uh, oh, when's your daddy going to fix the shower? And she's like, he only wants to fix the sa- shower to catch us in the shower, which he pulls her into the shower. Not that long after this, where he like comes up from work. Oh, yeah. And is like, I'm going to shower with the door open. She's like, no, close the door. And like she goes to close the door. And he just grabs her. And then the door closes. Like, oh, OK. This movie's insane. <laughs> it is and it isn't. It's well, it is to to me for like an Elvis movie. I guess it's it's a it's a normal movie. You know what I mean? Like it's just a drama. Okay, like but that Elvis is in it, just like makes my head sort of sure. like fair enough catch on fire a little bit. So let me go back to the therapist's office, and she's reading what he wrote. And what he wrote is just like a recounting of his life. Like apparently he's a good writer. She says he's a good writer. He can't spell. He can't. He has his grammar's bad. Whatever. But like he's a good storyteller apparently, right? But we never. Oh wait, no. That one guy. We'll get to it. Reads a little bit of his stuff. <laughs> and they like it. Like he's a talented. He's good enough to go to college or whatever. Because right? he's using words that like I don't know at points and stuff. Like where did he pick up on like this poetic language? I, I don't know. I took a screenshot at one point of this of a part of a scene later, but part of his. Part of his speech goes like a flitch of bacon in the winter wind is how one of his sentences ends. And it's just like, where did he learn this? Is that a smell? Is a flitch a smell? Or is it a a, a thing? An object? Don't know. Don't know. Elvis knows. So this is where we also learn about, he's like, not to brag, but it's like, I've got two girls with two roads to go. And then that's when she's like, what about a third road? And I'm like, offer yourself to Elvis. And she says, no, college. Mm -hmm. And his writing is apparently that good, right? That would have been a great movie if it was just Elvis Goes to College. Oh, my God. I hope we get that movie one day where it's like... Well, we have Elvis in high school and King Creole, so maybe we'll get it. Because he's, he's 25 in this movie. I don't know how old but, he is, But actually. I mean, like, you know, like Elvis walking down the halls yelling like, nerd. Yeah. And then like... <laughs> like actual, like, comedy. Yeah. Yeah, like some kind of, you know... Like a National Lampoon's Elvis yeah. in college. Yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> Fair enough. 
so then we're at a point in the movie where he's dating. Oh, also interesting of note when he's like talking about these characters or whatever. He's like he's he's not changing their names. Yeah. There's a character named Nori and there's a character named Betty Lee. And he's like, oh yeah, like, I know all these people. And then I think if I remember right, the woman's like, well, what about this Betty Lee character? And he's like, oh, I made her up. It's like, wait, what? I think he says, did he, does he say that or did I make that up? He or did I make that up that he made her up? up. He, I think it's about Betty Lee. I think it's his way of being like, oh, I'm done with her. But then he's like, he's at this point, he's like going on dates with both of them and like ostensibly like sleeping with both of them. Oh, uh, what if Betty Lee never existed? Isn't real. It's Tyler Durden situation. Spoilers for Fight Club. <laughs> <laughs> um, also spoilers for Fight Club. Not a, it's not a satire. I don't know. <laughs> No, it is. Like, uh, there's a thing. No, it is. I was joking, but like, it's being taken seriously these days. Like, yes. Very seriously. Well, which I never. <laughs> there is a short list of movies, and I think we, I don't know if we talked about it on one of ours. I've heard it somewhere. I think I talked about it on Too Fast. Very short list of movies where the target demo is who they're satiring. Oh. And it's Fight okay, Club okay. and Spring Breakers and Josie and the Pussycats. Are oh. All no wonder I love those movies so much. Explicitly making fun of the people that they're like, hey, watch this movie. It's like, because you're an idiot. <laughs> so, yeah, pretty good, right? Okay. So he's, you know, he and Nori have sex in the shower or whatever, or mm-hmm. just like kiss in the shower. We don't, it's off screen. Who knows? But they quadruple space. But it's frisky. Yeah. Like, that is, that is pushing it. Then they get fucked up. And they drive <laughs> drunk to Mrs. Speary's house. And he's like, Mrs. Speary, eerie, eerie. I want my story back. I, <laughs> and she's inside. And she's got, like, you know, the helper, a uh-huh. maid or housekeeper yeah. or whatever. Who also later is just like, yeah, I'm going to take the car and do the mail. And she's like, you're going to drive into town to drop off the letter? You're going to get fat. And she's like, well, maybe I am. It's like, now, it's like, yeah, I'm going to go to the post office. It's like, yeah, why would you not take your car there? Just wild. <laughs> like, what a different 60 years makes. Anyway, Elvis outside drunk. And Nori's outside drunk. And Mrs. Speary's, like, loving it, but she knows she shouldn't be loving it. Yeah, that was cute. And then Elvis takes the hose and just starts spraying the hose, the house down, and then starts drinking from the hose. It's like, what are you This, this, this is my favorite part of the movie. It's great. This Have we seen Drunk Elvis yet? Not, Maybe. like, not this drunk. No, this, no. Is, this is real drunk. This is, like, stoned out of his mind, Drunk Elvis. They call him stoned. They're like, I know. Oh, he's that's, not, why, like, that's, that's an understatement. Like, that's he's, why he's beyond stoned. It's like, well, it's okay. I guess that's before reefer was uh, very widespread, you know, called Drunk People Stoned. But this is my favorite scene because we get a nice, hefty dose of goofy Elvis. Like, this is the Elvis that's probably going to be in the next 10 movies, okay, who, like, loves to just sort of make funny faces and say words that might not even exist and yep. do like vocal exercises yep. in the middle of his scenes and stuff. You know, a real Trevor Slattery kind of guy in my eyes is just like the moment. Uh, but yeah, this this is just terrific stuff from Elvis with the hose and great prop play. And it's funny, I was cousins like, we, we've gone too far. We should get out of here. It's like, yeah, you guys should get back in that car and go drive as hammered Drunk, as yes. you are. Because then, so this is like a transition point, sort of, kind of, a little bit, where Elvis and Nori are then like kind of publicly together, but also still not really, because they go to the carnival as a family. It's like Uncle oh, yeah, Rolf, for her birthday, yeah, and Elvis and Nori, and Nori does like the two-handed pitch that and like great. knocks down all the things, and it's great. And then Uncle Rolf pulls Elvis aside and it's just like, so okay, earlier there was a time where like Elvis is in town, I think, with Betty Lee, and mm-hmm. that's when Cliff comes up to me. Like, he almost looks like he's going to beat the shit out of Cliff, and then he just, like, like the, I got to get out of the here. The cops roll up. Yeah. But then here, Elvis is like a man with an anger problem, right? Mm-hmm. Uncle Rolf takes Elvis aside and is just like, look what you got going on here. Well, look at my daughter. You guys are cute together. Uh-huh. Let's make it happen. And Elvis is like, 
what? No. And then (laughs) throws his uncle onto a table and runs away. It's like, what? Why? What? There's like some... I don't know. Was it this part or was it before where where Elvis is talking about like wanting to be like a like a an exceptionary an exceptionary man, a great man, or, or it's like with your writing you could you could change the world, you could shake the world or something. And his cousin's like, who like Jesus? And I was just like, oh, Elvis is being compared to Jesus Christ in this movie. All right, I guess so. Yeah. Um, but that part is is crazy too because his uncle's like. Why, if you marry my daughter, I'll give you half the business too. Sweeten the pot, and he's like, nothing holds Elvis down. He's like, you can't, you can't put an anchor on me, right? And uh, I don't know, yeah. like, what does Elvis want in this movie, Mrs. Speary? I don't think he really even knows. You know, I think that's part of the point. Well, he that's wants, part he of wants the a new therapy. Life. I just think he doesn't want to be so angry all the time, right? Like everything just sets him off. Like this, like he didn't have to push his uncle. He could have just walked away or right. ran away, but he shoved the guy, you know, like into a carnival ride and like the whole thing came down on him. And it's like later he's going to punch a dude to death. Like, yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, he's really got to get his hand, his, uh, a handle on it. Yeah. Yeah. Fresh start is a good call. Cause like, it feels like he never, he didn't have the history that he wanted. Right. Where it's like. We talked about it before. He didn't mm-hmm. get to really go to college. He didn't have the upbringing he wanted. The, whatever life he envisioned for himself, he didn't have. And so yeah. he wants something new. And that's, he just feels trapped in a, he's, he, it's a different kind of trap or different w- a place where he's trapped, but he still feels the same kind of trapped, I guess. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Cause I think people are like, you know, why can't you just be sort of happy with the, like this, no, this life that you have? It's not that bad, this and that. But like he has, he knows that he has, now he knows that he has these skills and like, has this ability and like has a talent and so it's probably like doubly frustrating to be in all this trouble all the time and have no one understand you and and, you know and so like he's never really going to win over these people ever unless he gets the hell out of there he's got to get to college i guess so yeah then there is an added complication where apparently uncle rolf has been like scheming and being underhanded or whatever but he's like been taking checks he's like there's a paper like mr mason like there's a paper trail what are you doing you're being a bad criminal <laughs> but i don't know why that's in the movie like there's a scene between the two of them i'm like i don't why are we watching this yeah i must have washed over that entire sequence because there's nothing to it's like a minute and a half of just like and then mr mason's like all right i gotta go and then he leaves oh okay because like they the guy was trying to get elvis in trouble for pushing him and he goes to the parole guy and the parole guy goes like he's not that bad a guy anymore like that's not going to stick. And then the next we see Elvis, he's like working as a mechanic somewhere. I don't know. I think I was like, maybe I'll just go read that chapter in the book they left out. <laughs> yeah. And then this is where Elvis is kind of like, I guess, you know, to that point, he's on the men. He's like, he's a better person now. And he's like, you know, Nora, you deserve better. I'm too wild. I'm not the man for you. And then he goes to Mrs. Speary. He's like rewriting his stuff and whatever. So when he finds out that Mrs. Speary's husband died. And he says another great quote, you don't need books to understand. You should never lock up a heart, ma'am. And it's like, whoa. Okay. <laughs> should have sang that lyric. And then she introduces him to her mentor, which is someone of note. Yeah. So this is wild. I jumped up and, and screamed. It's Alfred from Batman 66. Yeah. Actor Alan Napier. What's kind of funny about that is there's a connection to the monsters that made us. He was in um, The Invisible Man Returns. Like okay. He was in the second Invisible Man movie way back in like the 30s. So because he's probably what like sixty here maybe it's I'm not sure you know because it's still five years from Batman and he looks exactly the same yeah but he's doing an American accent I I believe 
the actor was British, and, and and he's got a real Cockney accent in Invisible Man. He talk like this. He does. Michael Caine. Oh, I don't see an Invisible Man. I did. So that's why that's, you're saying that's why he. That's why they cast Michael Caine in the Christopher Nolan movies because he sounded like. But Alfred in Batman '66 sounds like a much more like a gentlemanly guy, like a much more rich, fancy, more kind of thing. I guess I don't know, but it was interesting to see him speak in an English accent here. And the only reason I could I could assume he did not stand up is because this man is freakishly tall. Like you watch those old Batman episodes, and he comes into the room, he's like two heads above Adam West. He's like always looking down at everybody. <laughs> That's pretty funny. <laughs> I was like, if he stood up, his head would go through the ceiling. Love it. I mean, that's why you get that's 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 who you want for an Alfred. You want a tall man. <laughs> I guess so. So then Mrs. Speary brings Elvis to her to, to to Alfred, and Alfred's like, yeah, cool. This guy's a good writer. John's good. Yeah, I know. That was like okay. And All then, right. Never been easier. I feel like this is also part of it. Like that's important, kind of. But it's also like we need to get them in a car together because then it starts raining, and the mm-hmm. Stephanie sings to her, sings with her, whatever. And then they go to a motel, and I'm like, ooh, there's only going to be one room. No, there's two rooms. It's fine. But the guy has, like, a, rem- a remark where they're discussing the price and stuff yeah. like that. He's and like, was- yeah, two for, like, whatever. And then Elvis, like, starts walking toward him. He's like, oh, okay, two, two, two for eight. That's oh, fine. It's fine. Right, because he's trying to say, like, you're just going to end up in the same room anyway. Why don't you just get one room? Yeah. Um, and those dudes see him there, right? Like, that's where the one Cliff guy sees him. sees him. Yeah. And so he starts talking shit about Elvis and Mrs. Speary, not knowing his dad, or maybe knowing or un- unaware that his dad is also in love with Mrs. Speary. And so Cliff talking yeah, shit Yeah, I don't think Elvis. he knows at all that his, that his dad is getting sent to divorce his mom. So his dad is like, what are you doing? You're talking about the woman I love, sort of. And then that's when he hits Cliff. And so then later when Elvis hits Cliff and dies, it's like later in the court, which we'll get to, he's like... Oh, no, my son's a real asshole. <laughs> no, it's so weird. He, like, denies that his son has this athletic heart. Yeah. And then as soon as we, you know, find out what happens to Mrs. Spears, he's like, i like to completely change what I said before. Not only does my son have a bad heart, but I beat the shit out of him earlier in the day, which could have contributed to his heart attack. <laughs> we're we're going to get to that court scene because it is... That is now. That's wild in the. It should be wild in the courthouse for sure. I also want like an Elvis legal drama where it's just like a sweaty August where he's just like he just dude like two hours in there like Elvis inherit the wind where he's just yeah. like baking in the courtroom. Yeah, but they're at the motel and they like kiss for a while. Like there's like it's probably a two or three minute scene where there's no words. There's not really music and they're just like tenderly kissing each other. It's super like slow and erotic, weird like yeah, different altogether. This is like oh, it's an older woman. We have to shoot this like older people movie or something and like she's kind of crying sort of as they're doing it and then eventually she's just like you want me to leave and she's like yeah like i think the answer is no but like he leaves yeah no they both want it but i think she just has the sight to see that things are bad enough already we can't do this we can't just introduce this element into everything else right now and i think it's because of this i mean not i think i explicitly i think it's because of this that she's like oh i gotta marry mr macy because i cannot i cannot be a single woman anymore because I'm going to get in trouble with Elvis. If I don't marry him, I'll marry Elvis, and I can't be marrying Elvis, even though I want to marry Elvis. So she's like, Mr. Macy, I'll marry you. So then, now that Mrs. Speary's out of the, out of the picture for Elvis, she's like, hey, Nori, uh, you want to run away? <laughs> yeah. Go back to my old reliable. Even though Betty Lee is still nowhere to be found. Yeah, I wonder what happened there, because they. I think once they shifted focus to his shrink, like, that's the movie for the rest of the movie yeah and like they just forgot to write which is why the, the rest of the movie don't have Betty Lee in the movie at all nope so then they make a stop on their way to town 
and Cliff Mace is there and he's talking shit and Elvis just clocks him <laughs> and kills him. <laughs> Straight up con air. I couldn't believe it. Takes off without even seeing the body hit the floor, yeah. right? And like people come up to the body and they're like, uh, he's not breathing. <laughs> they're like, was he, is he drunk? It's like, no, there was a fight. It's like, well, not really a fight. It's just like a one punch, like two hits, me hitting you, you hitting the ground and dying. It was like a real, what was that? Jack Reacher. Remember that happened in Jack oh, yeah. Reacher? <laughs> So he, he then, like, on the way to town, he gets arrested. They're like, this is for manslaughter. It's like, oh, that guy died. Like, he tried he tried to kill his brother, didn't kill his brother. Right. Got parole. Right. Didn't try to kill Cliff Mace. He was just like, I can't deal with this right now. I need to leave. Yeah. Get out of my way. Also, punch him in the face. But does kill him unintentionally. Yeah. Apparently. Arrested. Apparently threatened his life a couple times, too. Yeah. To his father when he found out that his father loved the woman he loved. And then everything comes to a head. At the courtroom, where Elvis's brother shows up and is like with a gang of his friends, and it's just like, "Hey, Mrs. Speary, we got a jug. You want to go down to the uh, the local motel and just like have some fun?" And she's like, "Whoa, okay." Just, so, like, how do they know about Mrs. Speary? I don't know. They can't read. How did they read this in the paper? Like, he need, basically he needs a miracle to get out of this because like it's an open and shut so, case. But it's not. They make it as explicit. It's not a trial. Like he's not on. Tr- this is. They're just trying to figure out. What happened? Is this like an insurance assessment or something like that? Like, they say it's not a trial, and I don't understand that because I wrote down trial like four times. But I guess they're just trying to figure out what happened, and I don't know. Did you pick up on any of that? (laughs) No, because, like, I don't – the events of this trial, I don't know if the trial is, like, 45 minutes or days. It seems like days. Or weeks. They have people testifying, and then Mrs. Speary comes in, and she's just like, it's all my fault. And it's like, okay, he still punched and killed a man. Mm -hmm. You can't take the blame for that. Right. But then she does say... It was an accident. But she says, and she says, Mr. Macy told me that his son had a bad heart and all this. And Mr. Macy's like, I never said that. Right. So she's like, oh, no, the one man I love is going to go to, is going to get hanged. Mm -hmm. The other man I love just basically called me a liar on Mm -hmm. the stand I'm going to go home and kill myself. So she goes home. She turns the car on in the garage. Closes the garage door. And she closes the garage door. And the dog is like, something's wrong here. And the dog saves her life. Yeah, that was like a real... um, Lassie situation? Well, Lassie situation. But what was it? The um, uh, A Star is Born kind of deal. Where like (laughs) the end of that where the dog knew too. Sure. Except Elvis does not pee himself on stage in this movie. Like Bradley Cooper does. But he might have in real life, Elvis. We don't. <laughs> How dare you? I'm okay. So then I'm like, oh, so Mrs. Speary dies. Because in the original ending, she dies. Yeah, there's no way she's not. Like, that was so dark. When they understandably tested this, audiences were like, no. It's too far. You were already talking about therapy and divorce and, you know, moms working themselves to death and terrible fathers and shit like yeah i can't handle her you can't have the best character in the movie kill herself because every man in her life is either going to be dead or betrayed her Mm -hmm. they send like a telegram to the courtroom and they're like hey these two men specifically mrs fury tried to kill herself and doctors are like it's touch and go basically they have her in like a weird iron lung thing yeah and then elvis is allowed to leave the courtroom yep they're like well, no, 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 let him go. Let him go. Because, like, in the panic, it's like it's literally like they get a note, they read the note, and Mister Macy's like, 
I'd like to say that I was a liar, and like I might have even helped kill my son. And His then there was bad. I beat him for being an ass. Yeah, yeah. And then everyone's like, and then so when Elvis jumps up to go, like the judge is just like, let him go. He's not guilty. It's all you know. I've never seen, and understandably so, because this is insane. <laughs> a quicker reversal of like, there's no way this dude's not hanging at noon or two. We don't even have to wait for the ju- the, the, the the ruling to come down. Just let him go because yeah, he's fine. Like the, Based on one dude saying, oh, no, he had a bad heart. Again, Elvis still punched him and killed him. But apparently the fact that this kid was a piece of shit and had a bad heart <laughs> is just like, life happens. What do you, you know? And And there's a more important person dying right now somewhere else. So we have to go take care of that instead. We want her to live. Right. So then Mrs. Speary, alive. Mm-hmm. Goes with Elvis to the train station. Yes. And I'm like, is she leaving town? No, he's leaving he's town. He's leaving town. And Nori, watching from behind a door from kind of afar, <laughs> afraid to talk to Elvis or sad to talk to Elvis. And he's going off to college. And then as the movie ends, he walks into college. New man. Next movie, National Lampoons, Elvis in college. <laughs> it was interesting how as he was walking into college, class was let out. And everyone was, like, walking yeah. down the steps as he walked up the steps. It's like, oh, you're it's late. going to, against the tide. It's late to his first day. And that's the movie. Yeah, what a movie. Do you have other notes? Because I have some uh, cast notes. I can't believe, like, they took it to that suicide thing after doing all the incest stuff. Like, this is a dirty movie. <laughs> like, this is a dirty drama. But it's in a way that I, again, am fascinated because it's an Elvis movie. Exactly. That's to your why, point from earlier, it's like, how is this not more regulated? That's why I... You know, my Elvis ratings are way out of control, but like th- this gets a good rating because of how unexpected it right. is and the, and the issues that are dealing with it. And like you've tricked kids to face this by putting yes. Elvis in it. And I think that's amazing. And by saying it's all about young people and their growing pains. <laughs> so three quick notes about the cast. So Hope Lang, who plays Irene, a psychiatrist or therapist, is Laura Dern's mom in Blue Velvet. Okay. Very and cool. she's also the main guy's mom in a Nightmare on Elm Street, too. Oh, nice. Which is kind of cool. Yeah. She plays like a mom in 80s movies. 80s sort of scary movies. Yeah. Tuesday Weld, Noreen. Yeah. He's the female lead in Thief. Mm-hmm. And she's also one of the stars in Once Upon a Time in America. Okay. And then Gary Lockwood, who plays Cliff Macy, the son who gets killed, he's Dr. Frank Poole in 2001 A Space Odyssey. He's like one of the stars. Holy crap. I was like, oh, because like I'm just going to the different people's IMDb and it's like, oh, he was in 2001. Like, I don't know. I was like, oh, oh, he's like in 2001. That's awesome. So... Yeah, very cool. Not bad, right? Imagine getting, it's like getting punched out by Elvis and getting chewed out by Kubrick. <laughs> what a career. In the same decade. Isn't that amazing that those movies came out in the same decade? Book ended. This one started the, the 60s, and that one ended the 60s. Amazing. All right. What's the best song in the movie? There's only four. Oh, Is it the theme song? It's probably the theme song. Probably. It's the one we only get, like, the entire cut of, too. You know, I believe, like, we... we edit away from some of the singing halfway through oh no except for the one on the on the steps but that's a slow song you know that's like a in my way yeah that's much slower husky dusky day is kind of silly i slipped i stumble i fell is kind of weird and silly yeah it's gotta be wild in country i think so i was watching this and i was like there's so little singing in it i wouldn't be surprised if like one of the girls just started singing without Elvis, like they just had their sure. own song in the movie. Well, like Noreen, like it's it's very like she's having a guitar and she's like strumming her, and she's like, mm-hmm. oh, this could become her musical. Nope. But none of those songs are better than Lonesome Cowboy. It's still Lonesome Cowboy. I know. It's still, Isn't it's, that crazy? It's still the title to hold the crown through seven movies, right? So now the question is: scale of one to ten. Ten is perfectly natural. 
how forced are the inclusions of the songs? I'm going to say, I don't want to give a 10 because I always want to have room for improvement. Yeah. It's like a 9-9. Nine, nine. Like, this is like, I think, as natural as we could possibly imagine. It's, it's way up there. 9-8, nine, 9-9. Because nine, nine. the last one, Flaming Star, we had a 9-5, which was the highest. Wow. King Creole had a 9. Nothing else has been above an 8. But this is, I think, I don't think, I, I can't imagine a movie yeah. with multiple songs yeah. where it's more natural than this. I can't imagine a movie where someone hands Elvis a guitar yes. <laughs> to sing a song Correct. and it's more natural than that. Yeah, that's a good point. So, nine eight nine nine. I think nine eight. So we still have a little more room for. We have room for improvement. Wiggle. That's also not a perfect score. Yeah, because like it can't give this perfect score. Okay, fair. Just because of the movie, it's it is. <laughs> we we goofed last time. Uh huh. Different from your goof this time, but related to your goof this time. So we already guessed Blue Hawaii, but let's look back at what our guesses were for this one. Cool. Okay. You then, thought uh-huh. he's a redneck moonshiner. Which is whoa close. He's not, but he also kind of is. So that's I think partially by far the closest we've come to anything. He does deliver it. You said someone hears he can play music, so they convince him to quit to play music. But he loves being an outlaw, mm. which is not it. But he's also a bad boy. So not music, but writing. You said it ends with an accident where he has to rely on his music for therapy, which becomes his identity. Therapy. therapy. He's a bad boy, wild in the country. <laughs> It's modern in the 60s, a commentary on wild teens, greasers, etc. Which, it's a commentary in the 60s, not those things, but comic that book, is... Comic books come up again at the end of the movie. <laughs> that is, you are... Got close. Wildly, because I said he's a farmer who has to wrangle pigs. A city mouse who falls in love with the daughter of a cattle rancher. <laughs> Does fall in love with the daughter of a guy that he's with, but I could not be farther off with the cattle rancher. Moves from the city to the country, gets a fish out of water. So, Mike, I think you did a great job there surprisingly nice, so nice, nice and then you know we guess blue hawaii which we'll, we'll, we'll review next time so imdb and letterbox stats so this one had a 6.4 okay on on imdb which is average uh blue hawaii next our next movie has a 6.1 which is our lowest rated movie yet whoa but everyone loves that it's also been seen by more people than anybody else i think that might just be like more people just like man it's fine whatever i don't know Mm-hmm. Letterboxd rating for this is a 3.0, which is right in line with the average of everything. Blue Hawaii has a 2.9, which is tied for our worst Letterbox rating. But once again, Letterbox number of people have seen is more than any other movie. So Blue Hawaii is both, according to these early numbers through eight movies, his most popular and worst movie. Hmm. Okay, if you're somebody who's like, oh, Elvis made movies, I'm curious, what are the big ones? Viva Las Vegas. Blue Hawaii. I'm gonna watch one of these and like, Jealous Rock. oh, this is not good. Like, I can see it being people who haven't seen. Yeah. Like for an Elvis movie, it might be a good movie. I don't know. I'm holding my tongue so hard right now. Yes, I know. <laughs> it's in. I Thank almost, you. I almost wrote you back immediately, being like, watch both movies. <laughs> I wouldn't have had time, but I know. Yes. Because uh, I was like, we could do Blue Hawaii. You're like, no, I'll watch the other one. I'm like, okay. No, I wanted to do it right. Like, you know, not that we're doing it right. Because they both came out in 61. Like, it's not like it's a, it's not like it's pre-war and post-war or whatever. Yeah, yeah. It's not like it's two or three out of line or anything like that. But I, I wanted to do the timeline correctly just because these episodes are so loose anyway. So, yeah. So, Blue Hawaii is next. I'm not even going to mention the next movie, so I'm not going to put another movie in your brain. But you've already, you, you, <laughs> if you mess this next one up, I don't know. I have, you have no hope. I'm looking forward to rewatching it. I did message Joe last night. I'm like, Mike just did something that you've never even done. <laughs> He's like, oh, I've almost, I've come close. He's like, I'm too afraid to do it, but I've come close. So I'm just like, how is, like, I, I lay everything out for him so explicit. He's never going to listen to this. Like, just like, there's a thing, there's a website, which I'll tell you about later. That's a, a custom URL that I bought <laughs> to be like, Joe, here, here is what we're watching. Here's where to find it. Here's the trailer. Oh, my here's God. The you're link. too good. You're too good. 
and if he still almost screwed up, like you get a pass. It was it was a it was a hectic week. It was a big week, and then at the end of the week, I I sat down to to Blue Hawaii and I texted you and like. You know, I was going to be like, we still good for this time tomorrow? And then I was like, wait a minute, something feels off. And well, I, for the first thing, my first instinct, I took the DVD and I threw it across the room. And I was like, God damn it. You but threw then I, Wild the Country? Or, yeah, or Wild the, okay. the Country. Because okay. I looked at it and I was like, exactly what I didn't want was a serious Elvis thing. But then I calmed down and I put it on and here we are. Here we are. <laughs> Because the reason we're getting together today is because there's a new Nicolas Cage movie out, Prisoners of the Ghostlands. So yeah. we have so the Tom Cruise movies got delayed to next year, or they got delayed again. But there are other things coming out this year. So we will do Blue Hawaii sometime this year. I don't know when, but okay. the Cage episode is out now, and I'm able to say that because I will have edited that before this because that is more <laughs> timely than this. So if you want to listen to that, but our final thing to do before we wrap this up. The Riley Keough update. Zola now on a Blu-ray. Have you seen Zola? Did you watch oh, Zola yeah. yet? Okay, oh, good. yeah, yeah, yeah. Loved it's great, it. right? It's yeah. amazing. Incredible. Not not where I thought it was going to go, but still. Have you read the tweets? I, I've not read all the tweets, but I, I tried to go back and do as much of like the original research I've, as I've possible. I bought the book from A24. It's a very cool little, uh, the way that they put it together is very nice. Mm-hmm. Um, crazy story. And it, the movie, I think, does a really good job of capturing the tweets. Okay. Riley Keough also, since our last movie, has, I guess, started shooting. There's a series, a mini-series called Daisy Jones and the Six. Huh. I don't know what it's about. It's based on the book, okay. which I bought because she's going to be in this thing. But she posted on Instagram like a month ago, whatever, like starting or whatever. And she had like, you know, the screenplays of oh. the scripts. So that's happening. And I think there's another Riley Keough thing. That's cool. Anything else you know about her coming up? Um, the Mad Max Fury Road cars are on sale if you want to buy. Oh, that's cool. Um, it'd be cool to run into her husband one day and get the Doof Warriors autograph on something like a he's not, so he's not the Doof Warrior. I think he might be like the Doof Warriors like body double or something. Oh no, but he plays one of those. Yeah, yes. he's not literally like the right. bungee guy. I don't yeah. think, but like right, yeah. So she is. I just love that she's married to Doof Warrior. Yeah, <laughs> she's uh in one episode of a TV series this year called Calls, which I don't know what this is. She's in a right. voice in a, a movie called The Guilty. She's Did... filming a TV series called The Terminal List, Daisy Jones and the Six, there's 12 episodes of that, and then there's she's in pre-production on the manager. Calls, oh, Calls is the Apple TV Plus thing, directed by Fede Alvarez, who we did, mini, we did the mini Cinemakers okay. about. Yeah. But it's like a podcast. Like I don't think there's video. I think it's just oh, audio okay. only. You did that new Evil Dead, right? That yes. Was previous Evil Dead. And Don't Breathe. And The Guilty, oh, fascinating. Directed by Antoine Fuqua. Oh, okay. Written by Nick Pizzolatto of True Detective. Ooh. But she's just a voice in this. She's But she's like second build, so I don't okay. know. And I know she was only in the first season, but I think they're doing more girlfriend experience. There's a third season on right now. Okay, yeah. She's only in the first season. Yeah. And she's going to be in an upcoming movie, Manodrome. She's the star of it. Follows the Uber driver and aspiring bodybuilder Ralphie. What? Either Adrian Brody or Jesse Eisenberg. Is inducted into a libertarian masculinity cult and he loses his grip on reality when his repressed desires are awakened. Okay. Oh, right. So she's got a lot of stuff going on. I wonder if she's going to show up in the uh, Colonel Tom Parker movie with a cameo. <laughs> or if somebody would be playing her. She could play Priscilla. That, that would, would be cool. Be, that would be it. That would yeah. be really cool. That would be very cool. Any other thoughts about Wild in the Country? We're not going to see this Elvis again for a while, I feel. And this was a good sort of dose of it. You know, I think I got my fill now of dramatic Elvis for a while. So I'm looking forward to a couple just like crazy 
ADR'd musicals, <laughs> like songs come out of nowhere every 15 minutes or so. Yeah. So that'll be next time when either Cage... So at the very latest, mm-hmm. it'll be the Matrix 4, Matrix Resurrections. Okay. When we do that episode. Although we're going to do that remotely with John. Keanu. We'll have to figure that out. But we got a Keanu for sure this year. We've got a couple Charlize things to catch up on. True. So maybe we can do some of that in person. Very, very true. Very, very true. So we'll we'll figure it out. But uh, we got more Elvis coming at you this year. But Mike, this month, what's the... I think... What month are we? This is September. I want to say your Monsters That Made Us is uh, Invisible Woman? Yeah, Invisible Woman. Is that good or is that not good? I mean, it's not good. Um, it's a fun, it's a fun episode. I'm not saying don't watch the movie or anything, but like, just, uh, I don't want to like hide the, bury the leader. It's just not a monster movie. That's all. Oh, okay. All okay. right. It's, it's straight up not. Having said that, it's, it's not bad. It's not, I mean, it's the worst movie we've watched, but only, you know, by, because it's not a monster movie, but it's still not like the worst movie. Uh, definitely check it out. <laughs> well, listen, with an endorsement like that, I mean, why would you not? It's hard to say, like, what to say about that movie. It's like, you got to see it to believe it. It's a sexy, funny, adult comedy. Like, okay. <laughs> not a really cool horror gothic movie with a scary monster. Fair enough. But still, hey, it's part of the uh, Universal Monster movie, so we watched it. And then what's October's third times? So October third times a charm is going to be Blade Trinity oh, for Halloween. You disappointed in, a little disappointed, especially this rewatch. But Kyle's coming back for that. That was sort of an emergency kind of uh, audible I pulled because I wanted to do something with like Marvelish. Well, I wanted to do something with vampires, and I could oh. get a hold of Kyle, and I was like, oh, let's. You know, now that the sacred timeline's fractured, Blade might be in continuity one day. So let's check him out. Now, speaking of vampires, I have not. This is not me teasing anything, but I've heard that there have been multiple people who have asked Brian about being on Twilight Third Life on High School Summer Party. Have you put your hat in the ring? Because I will never do that. But are you interested in joining him and Kate Hudson to talk about all those vampire movies? So I show. I have told them on multiple occasions. Get me on there. I am ready because those. That's the thing. It's like why, only watching those while watching, like doing the monsters that made us stuff, is what's interesting to me. It's like I want to compare and contrast like what they're doing in Twilight to like what's already been established sure. like for fifty, sixty years, and like how are they changing things and stuff, and why, and does it work? Like I'm very fascinated, and I like that third Twilight movie. Uh, that's as far as I got. I got to part three, and I'd like to do it on my show, and I'd like to sort of like work it out with him somehow. Yeah, so. I just watched a movie called The Transfiguration. Mm. which is about a kid who is obsessed with vampires who, like, the lines begin to blur between reality and fantasy. But he's like, I like this movie because it's realistic. I like this movie because it's realistic. And then the girl that he's with is just like, you seen Twilight? Those movies are great. <laughs> and then he watches it eventually just like, that movie sucked. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I, that movie's not great. But uh, a lot of talk about vampires and realism in these movies. And so, yeah. What do I have going on? So every other Thursday is How to Win the Lottery, which I think, let's see here, is this Thursday probably Open City by Teju Cole? I think that's either this Thursday or next Thursday. Teju Cole, Open City this Thursday, which is a book that I did not really like, but uh, Bob loved. And then every Tuesday, Too Fast, Too Forever, the episode out this week is Herbie Fully Loaded, the Lindsay Lohan oh. vehicle. No pun on the word vehicle. Michael but, Keaton. Yeah, it's her dad. Yeah. Yeah. 
But thank you for listening. Come back at some point <laughs> for Blue Hawaii, which Mike will have watched again for the second yes. time. Very exciting. But for all things Viva Pod Vegas, you go to cageclub.me, facebook.com slash cageclub, or at cageclubpod on Twitter and Instagram. Email us, king, I think, at cageclub.me. Sounds right. Or just email mailbag at cageclub.me, and that'll for sure get to us. Um, come back next time for Blue Hawaii. Whenever we do a Cage or a Keanu or a Hanks or a Cruise or a Charlize or anything. Or just hang out. So I'm Joey Lewandowski. And I'm Mike Manzi. And we'll tell you all about it when we see you again. That's the too fast. Well, thank you very much. <laughs> a rose grows wild in the country. A tree grows tall as the sky. The wind blows wild in the country And part of the wild